0: I'm Lexi Davis, a love embodiment coach who helps people create a love that feels like home, and I'm here to bring more romance and playfulness into the world. I'm also an international retreat host, vibe creator, and human connector i serve people through my business alive to enjoy and this podcast where i invite guests from around the world to sprinkle their wisdom and expand your perspective so you can create the deepest love you possibly can reach in this lifetime i also want you to live the most joyous life whatever that looks like to you and i hope that this slice of the internet brings you lots of smiles and helps you keep your heart open thank you thank you thank you for choosing heart snuggles to be in your ears each week and i'm so glad you're here with me Welcome heart snugglers. We're so happy to have you here today. I have my beautiful coach that I've been working with for the past month. She is so amazing and just full of feminine goddess wisdom. So go ahead and share a little bit about who you are, Sophie.
1: Honey, thank you so much for having me here. So my name is Sophie Josephina. I call myself a polarity teacher, which means that I work really with masculine feminine energies. And I do that actually in a lot of different ways So i do that within ourselves so i talk about like the inner dude and and how like your masculine and feminine are working with each other within ourselves i talk about that obviously in relating and and really restoring the healthy masculine and feminine in that dynamic again but i also work on it for instance with our businesses with money with the universe which i like to call sky daddy so all of that has some play with masculine and feminine energy and whether we are leaning back or trying to micromanage or think we just have to work really hard to deserve goodness. Like all of these things, every, all of these relationships are infused with masculine and feminine. And so that's very much the area that I play in. It's
0: so fun and so good. So excited. So the first question of the podcast is, what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you?
1: The last random act of kindness somebody did for me? Gosh, that's such a good question. A <laughs> random act of kindness somebody did for me. Yeah, it's maybe not exactly what you're asking for, but it was this this morning. I met with a realtor who was so like in a in a very different world than I am in, right? And it's sometimes so nice to to feel the resonance also with with people who are in the normal world. And I was sharing about my work and he completely lit up and he was like, oh my God, Sophie, you should work with realtors because all these women, they're so tough and they're these fighters and there's nothing soft. And I can just feel that something needs to change. And I know this is maybe not a random act of kindness, but it was just such a beautiful moment of just this like pure resonance with each other and just such a yeah, something really like clicked for him. He's like, I'm going to send you a message about this. And I'm like, yeah, go do your thing.
0: <laughs> no, that's so beautiful to like open up someone's mind perspective like that. I love yeah. that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And just also, like. it he- really
1: lit me up as well. It's like, oh. I love that.
0: <laughs> so beautiful. And the second question is, what would you tell your younger self around sex or relationships that you wish you knew?
1: My younger self. How young are we talking?
0: I'm thinking like early 20s.
1: Oh, okay. My early 20s stuff. Oh, I would tell her in terms of sexuality that, because I was a really like sexual woman. I was very, I was, my parents are Dutch. I was raised with this very much like open mindedness and like sexuality. She's very like not taboo here whatsoever. And so I kind of went into the world with this like, my sexuality is fine. And then the world happened and it was not fine. And oh my gosh, it wasn't even necessarily the men, it was the women that were so upset with me, so triggered. And I was really othered. Mm -hmm. And oh, I was really made like people would talk about me like I was Samantha from Sex in the City and that I was this like bitch or whatever you know like they had all of these ideas about me where I was genuinely in my innocence just enjoying the body that I had and enjoying all these beautiful connections with people and I don't think anybody really prepared me for that the world responds to this differently than what I thought they would Mm -hmm. and I internalized some of that shaming I felt like what I was doing was maybe not totally okay or at least It wasn't creating the friendships I wanted to create. It wasn't creating the sisterhood that I wanted to create. And yeah, I wish I could have told her that she was a little trailblazer. (laughs) And probably years later, it would have been an inspiration for many of these women. And I could have held everybody more with love. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, of course, this is triggering if you've been taught your entire life to you know sub, sub, suppress your 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 sexuality and then of course that's triggering so i think i wish i would have been able to bring her some more softness and in terms of relationships i think that there isn't anything right or wrong you can do so you can't stay too long in a relationship you can't leave too early you will just go through what you need to go through and you will have shitty boyfriends and every shitty boyfriend will teach you something so you can prepare for the good boyfriend you know Mm -hmm. and every good relationship has shitty things and good things and somebody that will feel your like your soulmate one week it can be over the next week so I know that I thought I met like my soulmate probably two or three times in my 20s (laughs) -hmm. and now looking back at it I'm like no (laughs) no they were not (laughs) so yeah a little bit of relaxation on like the big like finding the big the big person and that mm-hmm. actually there will be many of them in your life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so beautiful <laughs> i love that and it's it's so funny like how you know and when we're growing up we like, think whatever's happening at home is what's happening in the world so i can't even imagine how shocking to be so liberated so young because i only tapped into my liberation i would say the past few years so mm-hmm. and it's still challenging today being in a society that hasn't fully accepted that so how do you feel you support women embracing their divine femininity with their like true radiance? Because it's still like you just were talking about the realtor, <laughs> unknown to so many.
1: So when I really when I, when I speak to people about feminine energy, I love giving the example of, of if we think about sexuality, about the act of sex, a man penetrates a woman so she can feel herself deeper. And I think it was a quote from uh, Esther Perel where she says something like, the man gets turned on by watching her yeah. in her turn on, but the woman gets turned on from being watched. And so, so much of like masculine feminism, just the energy in the world is leading the woman deeper into herself, but also for her to be the center of attention. And so so many women think, oh, you know, I shouldn't want attention or I should stay modest or I shouldn't want more followers or whatever your story is. We we suppress that need to be seen and that need to be radiant and that desire to be appreciated. We suppress that so much when actually that is almost what the universe is leading you towards to go into yourself, into the enjoyment of yourself. And so to actually give that freedom to be, you know, at a day in a day. What really wants to happen is that you really receive and enjoy it. You don't have to give so much back. You don't have to do so much for him. He just wants to be received by you. And so for me, all of that is radiant. So today with the conversation with the realtor, I really received his excitement and I let that light me up. Mm -hmm. And that is like, for me, really femininity of just receiving the world and and trusting that that's enough we don't have to give back we don't have to do so much we don't have to work so hard if you think about being in a masculine energy you know if i give a workshop what fills me up is to see the enjoyment or the experience of the others it's not the words of affirmation back at me right that's nice but it's not why i do it it actually doesn't it doesn't nourish me that deeply not the same way that if i see somebody has a big experience or it was meaningful to them you know so that's truly what what feminine radiance and energy to me is is giving space to you experiencing life
0: yeah I love that's so much what I've been working on too is that receivership and it's so yum it feels in my I'm very feminine in my core and so it just it feels so good to be in that and I but what I see and what I struggle with too is receivership wasn't safe. And so how can a woman switch that so that it can start to be like this pleasurable experience?
1: Would you mind sharing what are examples of what wouldn't make it safe?
0: Um, Receiving and someone expecting something in return or receiving because yeah, they're kind of trying to manipulate receiving just like yeah for someone that doesn't have good intentions i feel like
1: yeah so this is also where we get to trust our own body so when we were with somebody and let's say they take you out on a date and they're spoiling you in all these ways and something about it doesn't feel right and you can feel that something about it is maybe a bit leaky or there's some manipulation happening or there's not something transparent really trust your body because probably in that moment there's something in your body that goes So something I also work on, especially with my private clients is performative pleasure, performative receptivity. It's the being this ultra feminine woman, even when actually you're not feeling that when actually, yes, he just complimented you, but it didn't feel good when he complimented you, right? And that femininity is not about always being, what's it called a good girl that is enjoying herself and feeling so much pleasure. No, feminine is being true, to what your body's doing so if your body's like I don't know and this doesn't feel good to express that so to not open and be radiant when you're not When you don't when something in you says nope not here so for me it's not necessarily about learning how to be safe when maybe you weren't safe it is about trusting the part of you that says I'm not totally safe here mm-hmm. and then yeah close close the curtains do that Nobody's entitled to your radiance.
0: Love that. So true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that actually brings me
0: uh to another topic of when you're in your feminine, how what do you what are your thoughts on like spoiling your men? Because, you know, as a woman, we're supposed to be in a receivership and like receive from him. So how what would like spoiling your man look like?
1: Well, if you'd ask a man that most of them will probably give you an answer along the lines of I love it when she brings me a cup of coffee even when I didn't ask for it they'll Mm -hmm. come up with these very simple simple like practical things most of the time or that she's cool with me going away for the evening right they want to feel the unburdening Mm
0: -hmm. so that
1: to them is the spoiling it is her self-holdership it's that but I will give you an example of of what I what I experience as like devotional act towards my men and that is not him asking for it Mm -hmm. it comes from within me I had it a few weeks ago where I, I, I had my whole Saturday free I woke up in the morning and I knew he was gonna he was gonna be teaching a retreat that day and I woke up that morning and I just thought I'm gonna make that man the most delicious meal ever And I spent the whole day preparing that meal. I went to the nicest grocery stores. you know, I researched the best recipes to make this dish. I don't even remember what I made, but I had so much pleasure preparing for him. Then he came home and he was tired. He was full. He didn't want to talk, you know, (laughs) he just wanted to eat and just like crash on the couch and watch Netflix. So he wasn't present with that meal. And the interesting thing was it did not matter. Mm -hmm. because I received so much pleasure and so much joy from being devotional so this is the interesting thing it's again the feminine going into herself so when we're devotional for him it's actually for us if that makes sense yeah (laughs) does that make sense I know this sounds like so like uh contradictory but that's truly what it is it is it lights me up to make a meal for you Mm -hmm. and you are free to receive it as you are able to right now
0: yeah yeah, the unburdening of expectations I feel like a lot of yeah. times when we are just like I was talking about receiving it's like when we're giving too, we're expecting this reaction from him or you know expecting like I just did this whole thing for you I hear this so much like I did all this and you didn't even notice or you know and it's just yeah. that, that feeling so that sounds so beautiful just truly enjoy it for yourself and let him be in how he wants to be
1: I love that unburdening of expectations. That's so beautifully said. That's exactly what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, so I didn't mention the beginning, but I'm in your Art of Loving Men course. Yeah. And it's been so yummy and so expansive. And it's really waking me up. Like I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I knew it all before entering this. Um, and I've just <laughs> learned a lot more. And I'd love to dive in just a little bit about to the archetypes in brief of what you see in women.
1: (laughs) Yes, so I, in all of my courses, I work with my own created polarity archetype system and I adjust them a little bit for each course, but what the polarity archetype system really is about is we, from our childhood, we get an imprint of what it means to be feminine in front of the masculine. And you'll see that play out into our into our adult life. And there's different archetype archetypical relationships that happen. So Princess A really, I'll give you an example of a few. The princess. The princess thinks like no man is ever good enough. And I deserve to be treated like a queen. And she may feel really powerful while she's in it. But there's a very unequal relationship there. And and she'll often attract more of a nice guy. That doesn't, that doesn't lead her and he's actually scared of her and he's not in his masculine energy. So the princess doesn't call in a king that's like, I got you, baby, because mm-hmm. she's she has entitlement going through and I'm a recovering princess, so no judgment when you are in this category, but yeah, that's a very specific way of looking at the masculine of like, I deserve well and you better treat me like that. So another example is the strong independent woman you know, she she needs to constantly prove to him that she doesn't need him and she will relate to him more from the intellect than from the heart and the body. Another one that I really love is the fighter, the hurt one, that's very much also me. It's the moment we get triggered. We go at it from, hey, you did this to me and we give like a whole like speech mm-hmm. on all the places and we thought about it all very well and we will like debate him which there's no man that goes oh yeah now you're right <laughs> <laughs> right so mm-hmm. all of this it de- none of these archetypes creative what create what they want none mm-hmm. of them so i i have a lot more of them but just as a few examples it doesn't create what we want another one is the seductress like the seductress is she uses her her sensuality to always be the powerful one right she's actually so afraid that one day she'll be rejected when she's just normal mm-hmm. so I was also recovering seductive so in this relationship I've really learned to be normal you know do you love me in my sweatpants yes <laughs> totally different do you love me when I spend a week in my sweatpants it's <laughs> you know, totally different kind of playing field so all of these archetypes have really beautiful invitations of of how to soften them, how to allow them to grow up into the mature archetypes so Our princess can become a queen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, And I love how you bring us out of them in such a beautiful way. Can you explain how we kind of move through the shame of like realizing that we've been doing this and how to soften into what feels better for us?
1: Yeah, so that's my, I think the core of my work. <laughs> that's what I help people to do. First of all, we all do them. You know, as I just said, I was a princess. I was seductress. I was a strong, independent woman. I was a nice girl. I've done all of them. Um, it's really in de-shaming it. We all do them. And I work with men with a similar archetype system, right? So they have all of theirs too. You know, the spiritual playboy is in there. The the nice guy is in there. The the intellectual is in there. All of that is in there. So we all have this. We all have that. We. We didn't get an imprint of what healthy masculine feminine relating is so what i really like to do is i call it shadow bragging or like let's just brag about the strangeness that we get up to you know like me i could brag for days of all my princess behavior that just still pops up i'm like he didn't text me back or whatever you know like i know when she's there Mm -hmm. it's really being in sisterhood and just almost giggling I have this cute part that pops up every time he's a human being you know that really that helps in kind of softening it because I don't i really in all this personal development work I don't believe in rejecting these parts of ourselves or even trying to fix them Mm -hmm. right if you tell a toddler with a temper tantrum that you better regulate yourself that's not the way it needs a hug until it relaxes, you know, that's really, that's really the path there. And so with these inner ugly parts, ugly shadowy parts, we will always have them. I like to tell my clients, like we never graduate self-development school because we really don't, you're never going to be finished. You're never going to be done. Um, I'm never going to fix fix my anxious attachment style. It will always be with me. It's always the undercurrent and it, I change my relationship with it, but it's always the undercurrent of my system. And there's, and, and the responsibility I get to take in my life is not so much fixing the anxious attachment system. It is finding a partner that isn't extremely avoidant, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking it will work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> finding a partner that, you know, tr- of course will trigger this, but doesn't trigger it so hard that I am completely paralyzed.
0: hmm yeah, I think that's such a good point because a lot of us are getting sucked into the need to be better, need to fix this, need to be perfect, need to like grow more until I can find love or, you know, it's just like all this, it's just, it's capitalism in the self development world, you know? It's, oh, I
1: love how you say that. Yeah, that's it's exactly what it
0: is. The same thing. And um, I think this is another important topic, which you just brought up is these attachment styles. We're also feeling like we're broken in these attachment styles and, So how can someone realize that like, it's actually an indicator of maybe this person isn't the right person for you and is more of an awareness instead of something you need to fix within yourself?
1: Yeah. So it's, I I do think it's really powerful to know kind of your undercurrent of your attachment style, even though my system is, has an anxious undercurrent I've been avoiding in this relationship. You know, I've, 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 I've had moments where it doesn't feel like a topic at all. I do think it helps because I think it's powerful to feel the wound versus the, the truth. So an anxious is really good at convincing themselves that the other person's afraid to love and I'm so ready to love. And there is some truth to that. And there is also a wound that plays out the urgency, you know, somebody who's on the more avoidant side of it all saying, I need space. I need to be alone. Let me be, you know, that is very, there's a truth to needing some space and there is a wound that is urgent. That's why I think these, these frameworks are really important to have some self-knowledge, but it's not to pathologize yourself. It's not to beat yourself up with. It's not to think, oh, I can't get love because I'm more anxiously attached. No, it is really, truly there to actually be kinder towards yourself. I now know sometimes my man triggers my anxious attachment. That doesn't make it wrong. That doesn't mean that I should deal with all of it by myself. It's really nice to actually be able to mention it. So he needed some space this weekend. He needed three days alone. And there was a little part of me that went, doesn't mean you don't like me anymore. There's a little part and I can mention it like that. I'm like, oh, there, like, there's a little girl in me that is scared when you do that. You know, And she is also here. So it's, it's, I think it's nice to have it or to be able to actually step into the vulnerability rather than into the response, right? When I wasn't aware of these frameworks, I really would act out my anxiousness and I would be with men that would really act out their avoidant without any realization of kind of the forces that are, that are taking over. So I do think it's powerful for that. And what it really helped me to do is if I was on a date and on day two, the guy was clearly avoiding as hell because that was what I was so attracted to. I knew I had to walk away because mm. it was like my crib tonight. <laughs> I knew that if I would continue dating this person, I would get obsessed. And so the maturity did kick in at a certain point. I was like, I get to i need to step away from this mm-hmm. because it feels really attractive but actually i am constantly so un, unsettled and that's actually not what i want for myself so when i met my current partner he really the moment i met him everything felt really calm and I actually thought i was bored until months later i was like oh this is what safety feels like i had no idea <laughs>
0: Yeah, yum. So good. Yeah. And I I mean, even in my past relationship, like every time I would just be vulnerable, everything would shift and we both would soften and like, it feels so good. Even just when you said that I felt the, the essence of relief. And so, yeah, just remembering that when we can speak these parts, every so much can shift. And even if it's even nothing physically, like you and your own system will feel that. So yeah, I think that's a really beautiful reminder.
1: Yeah, vulnerability is really the antidote to probably everything that comes up in a relationship. And it's it it takes some work to realize what is and what isn't vulnerable. Mm. Um, I can use emotions to not be vulnerable, right? That's mm-hmm. like, we also we have to call out both men and women in the things that we do that are maybe not so pretty. This is something women can are very good at, where we will use emotions. Actually, it looks very vulnerable, but it's not. You know, I can be in my anger, but actually I'm attacking him. Mm -hmm. I can be in my tears but actually I am trying to guilt trip him to hold me right we can do these things and I've done them many times so to find true vulnerability where where it's actually more us with ourselves showing that to a person rather than trying to get the other person to do something or to feel something or to realize something that's when the real vulnerability comes in because it's it's not about them it's like i feel something about you leaving right now and i feel unsettled by that versus you're leaving and that's screwing me up Mm -hmm. that's not vulnerable yeah
0: yeah yeah and that brings me to something that we've worked on a lot too in this course is Mm -hmm. allowing the man to have that space and can you explain why men love that
1: well I think the masculine and feminine process and digest very differently. So if you look at, I'll give you an example. My, my mother passed away um, eight years ago and I, quite suddenly. And after she, I was only 25 at the time. When she passed, I really dealt with it by going on retreats, being, spending a lot of time with girlfriends on the couch, watching movies. You know, I was very much cuddly and, and in process with people. That's what I really wanted to do. Whereas my brother, like I and I took like two or three months off work. My my brother, he went back to work within two days. And at that time I judged him for it. I thought, oh, he he's walking away from his problems. He doesn't want to deal with his grief. Blah, 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 blah. I, I made this whole story and now I understand that men and women digest differently, masculine and feminine digest differently. And it's not to to make it completely black and white, but masculine and feminine energies tend to do it like this. Masculine energies tend to want to empty themselves. So, they want to be the monk in the cave meditating. They want stillness. They want often aloneness to not so much fill up, but to empty. The feminine wants to fill up, fill up with the girlfriends, fill up with the experiences, fill up with the retreats. You know, she wants to fill. Actually, he wants to empty. And so, I think a really beautiful place to mature a masculine feminine relationship is to honor that in men that is his nervous system taking care of his nervous system and it will look different than yours it has to look different because you are a different energy and so him needing to go to the gym um him wanting to do the groceries whatever like what we had an accident with our puppy who broke his leg and my man was just like tell me give me something to do and I was just sitting on the couch like crying and calling on my girlfriends I wanting to digest with them and he was just like just give me something to do do we need to do groceries and i was like okay yeah I'll go do groceries because their energy has a very different way of moving and to actually honor that and to support it so i try to support my man as much as i can in sometimes i might even say i'm like my sense is you probably need some days alone he's like yeah i'm like could you go this weekend yeah i can I'm Like, great go do your thing
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: so or might i need an evening alone And to really to really respect that, actually, and to even devote to that, just like you would like to be devoted in your part. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a big shift that a lot of women have no idea how to do. And um, I used love to make it wrong and be like, you're not processing, you're going into work, (laughs) you know, it's just like, really getting on him. And he's, confused because he's like well this is what feels good you know so yeah I think that's so beautiful and I also work with men so I'd love for you to share what can a man how can you say it to his woman and how like hold that if she might be reacting
1: well for anybody really you are not responsible necessarily for the emotions of your partner but you are part of it and you can express care for it so if you are the one that needs some space alone and it is rattling your your beloved you can always say like hey i understand that this is triggering i it has nothing to do with you i just need this for me i'm gonna be gone from friday till sunday i will be back sunday at this time i'm totally open to you calling me in the meantime i can't promise you that i'll answer but i don't need like no connection you might but just like a clarity of what you're about to do and that you are considering the other person So that doesn't mean that you can't go. It's just like, I understand that this is rattling for you. I see you and I just want you to know it has nothing to do with you. I just have to take care of myself so that I can also come back with more of me for you. So when we bring it like that, there's some amazing books about also how anxious and avoiding can speak to each other in a way that that settles both nervous systems. I think the book is called Wired for Love it has lots of examples of of how you can help each other out in these kind of dynamics and and i really see avoidant as the wounded masculine Mm. and anxious as the wounded feminine and it doesn't mean that every woman is more anxious and every man is more avoidant there's absolutely variations in that but it has something to do about your freedom that you have to protect or feeling comfortable with your freedom right and feeling comfortable with your selfness around connection so yeah, it's truly about a communication of care and consideration. And that doesn't mean that you, you, you can't go, you can still go. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You I think, think that's, that's no, yeah. It's it's always communication, you know, and just remembering like that you're working with another heart and the, yeah. like when you're in partnership, it's like, you have to hold both of your, I mean, you don't have to, but it's like, you have to at least consider that we're both having feelings right now. And I think that's another like big topic too of like conflict and how to see both sides and not just be so in trying to be right, you know, in your perspective. Yes, exactly that. Exactly uh. that. But something else that was just, that I just remember when you talk about freedom is how men are always seeking more freedom and women are always seeking more love. And we'd love for you to talk about that and how you related it to like actually them needing to connect with God, both parties.
1: So this is really taken from David Data's work. His book, Intimate Communion, speaks about this so, so beautifully. And he talks about three stages. In the first stage of relating, it's kind of like the 1950s madman. She's the housewife. He's the businessman. It's not happening totally transparently and with consent. And both are feeling quite resentful. And there's a lot of tension. But it can be a very polarized relationship. In the second stage, there's a lot of communication, non-violent communication, things are super equal, not a lot of polarity and else happening because we're so equal, but it's a necessary stage to go through. The third stage is where we go back to masculine and feminine energies and we allow them to be free and they might be flipped sometimes even, and they're coming from a place of consenting and, and intentionally going into them. Well, so if we talk about, sorry, can you repeat your last question? My train of thought was just I know i was leading to something
0: <laughs> it's okay how men uh, really desire freedom and finding that through god yes,
1: thank, yes. Thank you. so in the first and second stage the feminine will always feel like i am not getting enough love i'm not he's not loving me right i'm not getting enough from this the masculine in the first and second stage will feel some version of i'm just not free you know if i just finish my to-do list i will be free Shit, i'm still not free if my woman would just be less difficult i would be more free if I would make more money, I would be more free. If I go meditate in a cave for a year, I'm going to feel free. So both of them will have all these ideas of like if only this, then that the third stage for both of them are very much a realization that you will always want it and you will never ever be satisfied. So I love sharing this with women because you will always want to be loved more, you will always want more love you will never be satisfied you will never be satisfied you will always think "Mm, no more and this is actually the gift because when we allow the desire for more to happen without the collapse of the disappointment that's when we actually break open to god so in my course sky daddy this is all that we do of just breaking open to oh i want it so badly even if i don't get it i want it so badly this is all i want And it's the same for men. It is to realize that the freedom will never happen. The freedom will never happen. And you will look for it and you will look for it and you will look for it until you allow that search to, or sorry, that desire to almost overtake you. And 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 how David explains it, that's when we find God.
0: Do you want to be a part of an extraordinary trip of a lifetime where you'll be surrounded by open-minded, fun, and inspiring humans from around the world? You'll be in a space that is so safe you can express all of you, not have to hide or hold back the tears or the weird accents you love to do. The amount of unconditional love you will feel will make you feel unstoppable. You'll be in a tropical paradise surrounded by beauty in the Balinese jungle. Every day you'll eat delicious, healthy meals cooked by a local chef and instead of cleaning up after all, you'll head to the glass sauna and relax. You love growing and are ready to leap into the unknown and connect deeper to your spirituality. At the end of the week, you'll leave feeling like the weight of the world has been lifted off your shoulders. You'll be smiling ear to ear and feel as light as a feather. I will take care of all of your needs for a week at the all-inclusive Alive to Enjoy Retreat this December 2nd through 10th. You can book a call with me, Lexi, at alive2enjoy.com slash retreats. And I swear this will be hands down the best way to end 2023. All genders are welcome and all people who are here to make this world a better and brighter place.
1: We find God not in the completion, but we find God in the allowing of the longing. Mm. So this is also why in skydiving I teach this a lot where we often think that if we, I don't know, I'm ready to find my partner, then it doesn't happen. And we think, oh my God, God must not like me. But actually, there's so much love happening for you for by not giving you something right away. Because when we spend more and more time in the desire, in the in the anticipation. And we, we strengthen that muscle of like, oh this so badly. I'm still not getting it. This is also what sexuality is, right? If we think about intimacy, if somebody like penetrates you right away, you're like woof. Yeah. Is needed. We need that. Like, oh my God, I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. Like that the lot the the bigger you make that, the bigger the whole experience feels. So that's really how life moves at as well. So if you think like, oh my God, I want more love. I want more love. My invitation is very much to accept that you will never fully receive, you will never be satisfied and that that is actually your superpower. So to want all the things, to desire all the things, to to make that even bigger. Do you want to make more money? Oh my God, let yourself like really desire it. Oh, I really want to make more money. Oof, it hurts how much more I want to make it. Great. Because that's that, that energy is what makes the world go around. Mm. it's from you desiring something
0: yeah I've been sitting with that a lot especially with love (laughs) and motherhood I'm just like uh, it is hard to hold because there's also grief with it so yeah it's like that nuance of holding like this deep opening and this with that obviously comes the grief too
1: yes and that's beautiful that's all I always believe that life is just cracking us open more and more so let the grief happen let that crack you open let the heartbreak happen Let that crack you open all of it is just what how is life trying to open me more now
0: yeah mm, that's so beautiful and something else you said reminded me of like this providership so even in these moments sky daddy or men when we're being rejected or things like this are happening that is providership in its own way and how I also love how you talk about men as oracles and the wisdom that they sometimes just like drop on us and it can it can be hit a little bit hard but yeah I would love to go into that.
1: Yeah first thing on the providership is we often don't know how we're being provided for and so I don't know it might feel like a relationship is ending and it's the worst thing ever and unlucky you and that might bring you to that might be the catalyst for you to start your own business God knows right and that's really truly it God knows and to trust that I I I teach this in my business courses to trust that you are always provided for you are always provided for even when you have no idea how and that's really truly masculine feminine energy it is to not this conditional surrender mm. it is this true surrender I I often give the example of trusting him to get the car directions wrong So it's not just like, oh, I'll be a passenger princess until he takes the wrong exit and then I'm going to be super annoyed at him. No, let him take the wrong exit. Let him deal with it. If that means he would get to the restaurant 15 minutes late, let him deal with it. Like fully allow him to do it right and to do it wrong and relax into all of it. So that's truly that like relaxing into providership, even when you don't really know what it's going to look like or why it's happening. So that's one part. And the second question for you was the oracles, right? so i've been playing with this for a long time we love talking about the feminine as an oracle and she is there's an intuition that comes through her there's a knowing that comes through. her but in my experience men have a connection to something that i don't hear Mm -hmm. and it comes through them very differently it comes calm often just in one sentence it kind of stings a little bit often a bit like oh what did you just say he won't call it intuition If you ask him about it, he'll be like, I don't know. It's a very different frequency, but it's like, and I've had it a few times in my life where either a male friend or my father or my brother or my partner would just make one sentence and it would just hit me. It would just feel like a bolt of lightning. And it often stings a little. So I I will say it has a bit of a correctional energy often to it of just like, hey, honey, what, what are you doing? Or this is not for you. But that's actually, you actually don't enjoy this. Whatever, right? It might, it's often a bit of that. And I've started to really respect that and listen to that because I I think especially as I soften more and more into my feminine, it's so beautiful to come to the men or masculine. Sometimes that's in my girlfriends to come to them and to ask, what do you think I should do? Will you help me? Will you support me? What do you think? What do you think I should do? And to just wait for the answer to happen. Because the masculine is directional. He has the erectness. He has, he's in the driver's seat. And we want him to be there. We enjoy when he's there. So that means we also have to honor the oracle when it's there and to start respecting men in that. And this is why I love so much the work that I do because I think, you know, it's a necessary step but we've, there's so much empowerment for women which is so beautiful but often there's a disempowerment of the men mm-hmm. you know men walk away are bad with emotions no men have a different way of digesting emotions i don't know they're not intuitive where are all the good men uh and not to say there's not no problems there there are problems there there are things for men to work on absolutely and there's such a sacred aspect to the men around us that as a woman who wants to live her life in devotion to that I am starting to see some more and more clearly and it's starting to lead my life and it's so nice it's so nice it's so nice not to have to do it myself anymore
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I I you know after learning that I was like how like how much my past lover wanted that in me like wanted me to go to him and wanted me to ask him those things and he would even mention it in some ways, and I was just like I'm so used to being that strong, independent woman, or yes. um, not trusting fully in his wisdom, and you know, thinking X, Y, Z, and so. But when I've been practicing that now, I'm just like, oh, this is actually what I want is to not have to always figure it out on my own, and and to be and to be guided, and that's been such a hard thing for me because I grew up you know as an only child with no mother and so it's like I've always had to figure things out on my own mm-hmm. um, but to switch that has been so nourishing and and watching them light up when you ask them that question is like just a gift in itself because they're like Ooh. Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. yeah that's exactly that's that's truly like I think with polarity we can create so many rules and another like whole dogma of what people should be behaving like but this is my how i check if things are correct or if they're the truth for me in my life it is when it lights him up and it lights me up or if it relaxes us if it softens and opens us but for instance sometimes when i work with men and they're like oh my god i can't see, I have to take the lead i'm so tired like well then we're actually not hitting the polarity gold are we there's mm-hmm. something about this that needs fine-tuning because if it's not relaxing your nervous system if it's not feeling like ah more of me then actually we are we're in the wrong zone so exactly what you said asking him for that and him going oh i can't wait to to share that that's a great sign that we're that we're striking gold somewhere in this whole masculine feminine play because something in his essence just went oh, finally Mm -hmm. yes please
0: Mm -hmm. and i love to touch on that too when a man feels like he doesn't want to necessarily be in that leadership
1: yeah yeah and in, in again this is i'm i'm basing this on how i've experienced the mask and what i've seen to open him and also open myself i don't think masking is always about leading mm-hmm. i think masking is way more a little bit about structuring so it's not about i will take you to the restaurant at eight please be ready which is a very, uh, like a, a version of masking that can be very delicious at times I've noticed that it's much more often, like if my partner would ask me, hey, Sophie, what do you want for dinner tonight? I'm like a deer in headlights. I'm like, I don't (laughs) don't know. Whatever you want. But if he asks me, "Uh, do you want to go for pizza or do you want Thai food? All of a sudden, I can feel where my fuck yes is. And I was like, "Mm, actually, pizza sounds amazing mm. so and then and then he might be say, say something like okay let me let me get that for us so that is less of like that really direct leadership it's more a bit of the structuring of the world is it this or this honey and that's what feels really good so it's it's not about that constant erectness and that constant taking over because often i think when men are Feel like they have to be that, and they're with a woman that feels like he needs to be like that. There's a bit of princess vibes happening. Yes. Right? She's Mm -hmm. like, You better leave me the whole time. He can't. He's also a human being, just like you are a human being. You're not radiant the whole time either. You're not in your vulnerability the whole time. Try being vulnerable the whole day. (laughs) That's tiring. Well, that's (laughs) the same for him. Try being your erectness the whole day. Oh my God, that's tiring. So we need to, to, create the capacity to be with each other's humanness he gets to have a grumpy day he gets to have a not so good day just like you get to have that
0: yeah yeah I think that's one of been one of my favorite parts too is that the humanness in both of us and how much we've disconnected from that and that's what like breaks my heart the most is just realizing how many of us we forget that You know, we expect the most out of men. And it's actually like when you sit back and look, it's like it hurts my heart. (laughs) So how how can women start to really let a man be human and not expect him to be this king all the time?
1: There's a little bit of self-holding involved where when he drops you or he checks his phone or he's not present in a conversation or he's grumpy notice for many women there's an immediate response of dude you just dropped me i know i have that it's immediate it's very quick Mm -hmm. um we need a little bit of self-holding there you get to feel dropped you get to feel that your masculine just left and that feels unsettling you get to feel that but he's not a performance piece (laughs) you know he's a human being with human stuff just like you were exactly what i said You are not capable of being vulnerable the whole day either. If he would request that from you, you'd be like, oh, that's tiring. And eventually you want a relationship with humans, not with the king. I know I just said the king earlier myself, but often when women are like, I want to find my king, I'm like, okay, why don't we find you a man, Mm -hmm. you know, a man that has stuff just like you have stuff so that you can actually grow through things together next to each other rather than." being saved by somebody that has done all his work, whatever that even means. So yeah, it's truly about seeing him as a person rather than somebody that you have to get something from. This is also often what's underneath it, right? He needs to give me, he needs to give me his presence all the time. Okay, why don't we flip that script a little bit and what could you give him? What could you be, not, um, let me rephrase that. What could you be for him? You know, when he's having a grumpy day, yeah, let's remove the word gift because that makes a different interaction. What could you be for him? Might be actually relaxed, relaxed nervous system. That's probably the biggest gift for him. And then relationship really goes into a different level when we can let go a little bit of the getting, which is very very first second stage. Here's the list of my needs that you're not meeting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Versus what can I be for you? What is the love that 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 got that has us both? you and me as we are right now
0: yeah yeah and that i noticed that shift too when i was doing that how how much better it felt for both of us and and i think knowing that is can be like save so many relationships and but i am curious because we've touched on this a little bit is what's the difference between the how to like not be motherly but also be attentive
1: such a good question i love this on the mother versus lover the mother disempowers, so the mother does it for him. The mother also believes a little bit that he can't do it himself. It's like, oh, poor boy, are you have you got the flu? I made you soup. Or I got you a doctor's appointment. There's a little bit, and I'm, I'm exaggerating here, but it's not, sometimes nice to kind of feel the edges of these behaviors. There's a little bit of he can't take care of himself, so I'd better do it for him. Mm-hmm. The lover says, oh, honey, I see you. Can I support you in any way? And then let him answer that. No, baby, I'm good. Okay, then you're good. Would you like me to make some soup for you? Right, that's already, let him lead it. Uh, Yeah, I would love some soup actually. Okay, I'm gonna make some soup for you. Right, there's more of him still letting him lead the space. That doesn't mean that you can't give anything unsolicited, but if the energy underneath it is a, Oh, poor boy, you can't take care of yourself. Which for a lot of women, they've been taught that that's what caring energy is. Yes. Right? They've been taught that, you know, when somebody is hurting or when somebody is going through something, we should really show up for them. Right? We should be really good. We should help them out, even if they're not asking for it, because most people don't ask for it. You should help them out. And that is a savior energy. Many years ago, I had a girlfriend. We're no longer friends. But... Uh, I, I had health stuff at the time as well. And every time I was sick, she would bring me soup, which was so sweet. I never asked for soup. But every time I was sick, she would bring me soup. And then she got the flu. And I didn't bring her soup because it's not in my system to bring people soup. But she was so upset with me <laughs> for not bringing her soup. And I was like, wait, all of that other stuff wasn't a gift. It was how she thinks people should interact with each other when something's happening which is Mm -hmm. not my value system right Mm -hmm. and so often the if you do you know the drama triangle
0: uh yeah yes Yes,
1: often the people who are a little bit in the safer side of the drama triangle things are not given freely things are given with you better take that advice you'd better eat that soup when i get sick you better make me soup too so there's a there's a there's a covertness to it whereas that also that is a bit of mothering energy whether it When you show up as a lover to your man, there's a freeness. He can also say, I don't want soup. Actually, leave me alone. Just leave me alone for three days and I will be, whatever, right? He will, to trust him a little bit in that he will take care of himself. And that, let me give one nuance to that. So let's say he has a terrible flu and you're starting to get worried and he's not going to the doctor. You might still bring to him, honey, from the vulnerability. I notice I'm starting to get worried. Cause I see you're getting really ill and you're not going to the doctor. And I notice I'm losing trust a little bit that you will take care of yourself. And I'm starting to get really afraid. That's something different than you're not taking care of yourself. You're not going to the doctor. You should, you're a grown-up, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you can still bring what the contraction is in you, but the mother would have made the doctor's appointment for him. Yeah. I said, Hey baby, on Friday, you're going. <laughs>
0: and then you know that's your question a little bit yeah it does and i feel like so many women carry so much resentment towards a man of yes. you know i'm his mother it's like well then why are you being his mother you know yes. yeah
1: yeah it's like i always have to take out the trash I'm like then stop taking out the trash mm. it's so like then it doesn't get taken out i'm like just wait at one point it's gonna bother him that might be much later than it bothers you but at one point it will bother him
0: mm-hmm and I think that's you a can
1: share your own experience. Like, oh my gosh, I feel so annoyed that these garbage bags are still here, <laughs> which is a different energy than, dude, you still haven't taken them out. So yes, often when women are more in the mothering role, there's also a a, we're also allowing that to happen on our side.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's another good point of what you've talked about too. Is like. With getting your needs met and expecting him to do things a certain way, or like you said, like I made you soup, so you make me, or I made you tea, so where's my tea? How can we kind of release that and see how men do give to us and appreciate that?
1: Yeah, really interesting. One is I think, especially the feminine towards the masculine, we have a very specific idea about how we think our needs should be met. So let me give you an example. I. I have a need for words of affirmation because I have a need to be appreciated. So I had a certain years ago brought to my man that I didn't think he was appreciating what I do in my work because he never said the sentence, Sophie, damn, you're really good at what you do. I see you. He never said that sentence. He said, but I do appreciate you. I'm like, well, I wouldn't know. He's like, what are you talking about? every time you give a workshop i make you food i make you a nice meal i make sure the dog isn't barking whatever you know i make sure you're taken care of i'm like oh so big part of the work actually for the feminine is to see how he's giving his love freely and intrinsically to you and that is going to be different always than what you think it should be here's the thing you even if you had a list of this is how many should be met you actually don't want him to listen to that list completely because then he becomes your lap dog he becomes your like you're actually in control of the relationship then Mm -hmm. if i tell my man like i need you to tell me every day that you've got me and that you see me and that you respect me and then i'm freaking good at what i do if he would do that every day he's not gonna feel good about it because it's gonna feel like he's submitting to something he's not in his leadership and it's gonna feel icky to me too. So part of it is that your needs are not going to get completely met the way you want them to. That's part of relating, unfortunately, and that makes everything so gray and complicated. I know that. But often when people come to me with this resentment, I ask them to sit with for a moment how his love is intrinsically and freely given to you because it is there. And it might be as small as him making you a cup of tea, but for him, that's big.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many questions coming in. What about like, um, I know we've dived into this a lot, but I know, but one is like, what about if you want like flowers or something like this and how can you kind of like invite this in or do you just give up on it?
1: No, you don't have to give up on it. Here's the thing, the, the moment you don't let him free, he's not going to want to do it. And if he does it, he's not going to feel good about it. So the nice guy will do it, but secretly be really resentful about it. Um, So the moment you say, Oh my gosh, I'd really love some flowers from you. His nervous system will likely go. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But yeah, this is this. So this is how I do everything in polarity. I'm literally feeling like how I would bring it to my man in a way that would open him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So this is also how you can check it for yourself. Like think about the most masculine person around you. How would you bring it in a way that would open him? Mm. I think I did it once in our relationship where, because he doesn't buy me flowers ever, where I, where I did make a comment, like that one day I would love to be surprised by flowers, Mm -hmm. but I said one day. And I, and I shared with him how that would make me feel. I said, so I don't even remember exactly what I said, but it must have been something along the lines of, I, I just love flowers so much. I just think they're so beautiful. Something like that. But mm-hmm. I let it free. I didn't say next week. I didn't say for our anniversary. Just said at some point in our relationship, I would love to receive flowers from you. And I don't think he even remembered that or registered that, but I do remember getting flowers for my birthday or for a big launch or something. Mm -hmm. So it's with all of these things, if we don't genuinely let him free, Mm -hmm. he will resist it. If he feels like he has to go do it now, he's not going to do it. I can guarantee you this. And if he does do it, he will resent you for it. So if you say something like, oh, I'd love for you to rub my feet, it would feel so good. And he says no. And actually, that is an unacceptable answer to you. He will feel that so with requests they need to be truly requests otherwise i can guarantee you most masculine beings will resist Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of self-holding in the feminine it's like i desire more oh you don't want to give that right now Ooh, still desire it Mm -hmm. and it's okay that you're not giving that to me you know so so the the freedom piece is a really big one and it's a really complicated one because we don't often want to admit to ourselves that actually it's not completely okay if he says no. <laughs> it's not completely okay. I'm saying, do you want to rub my feet? And he's like, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're like. You know. Yeah, something brings yeah. up something. Yeah. yeah.
0: but where's the line for you? Like, in let's say someone's in the dating phase of like, okay, this actually isn't fulfilling me
1: could talk about that for hours I know (laughs) Um, I think often in the dating phase you'll have more anxious people that will think they should stay you have more avoiding people that will dismiss somebody too quickly or too quickly that will just be more on the dismissive side it's really I always think with dating or even long-term relationships your body will know And often we will convince ourselves that it's not so bad. Like, oh, I feel really anxious about this person, but it's fine because the sex is great. Right. (laughs) So you'll try to think of a reason why it's okay, but it's often feeling how your body is doing. Do you feel nourished by this person? Even when they're not meeting your needs perfectly, like you want it to be, there will still feel, it will still feel nourishing to be around this person. Mm -hmm. But if you're around this person and you're actually feeling like you're starving, or you're feeling really insecure. You're feeling really second-guessing yourself. You feel really lonely. These are all signals of your body that this is not fully meeting you. And the first step in all of that is always bring it vulnerably to this person. So let's say you're super really anxious and you're needy and whatnot. Bring it to that person in the self-holding capacity. I feel really needy. I notice I feel so needy. And that's very different than oh man, you better text me back. You haven't texted me back. If it freaks me out when well, you don't know, text me back. That's a very different interaction than I'd love to share that I just feel so needy in this relationship. Because mm-hmm. that opens up a conversation of if somebody's free will wants to get into that with you. Yeah, I, I think but that's is always the first step. The vulnerability is always the first step. If If you haven't given a connection that I, I always urge people to do that first because you, you haven't even allowed it to become something or not.
0: Yeah. I agree. When I, when I used to do that too, I could actually understand where he's coming from and he would be so confused that I was coming from there. And so it really brings this like clarity between you two when you can show up in that way. So thanks for sharing that. And now the last question of the podcast is what was one of your favorite or most romantic moments or memories that you've had in your life?
1: My most, my favorite or most romantic moment. He's gonna hate it, that I'm gonna share this one. This was at, like, I think the first year that him and I were dating. And uh, he had told me when we started dating that he didn't believe in marriage and it wasn't his thing. And he didn't, wasn't part of that. And we were out for dinner and I made a joke about that. I said something like, Oh, but you don't want to get married anyways. And he got really shy and he said, <laughs> Just look down and he said, I don't know. maybe that's changed. <laughs> and he was just so pure and so cute. And I right away changed the subject because he was clearly so uncomfortable in his own skin. And I was like, Oh, yeah, whatever. What do you want to eat? <laughs> but he was so pure that like, I still remember that that's years ago and I'm still like, Oh, baby. <laughs> that's so cute I love men when they're so so in their pureness oh Oh, yeah that was that was accidentally I think one of the most romantic things I've ever uh, seen that's so
0: cute I love that so much (laughs) I felt it when you said it too it's like "Mm." tender men just do something different (laughs) oh my gosh yeah Okay. So thank you so much for being here today. We'd love for you to share with everyone your amazing offerings. You have so many yummy things.
1: (laughs) So if you want to connect with me or or see my work, my main place is at Sophie Josephina on Instagram. And I have several courses that I think are just, oh my God, I think they're so good. So I've got the Art of Loving Men, that's running now that you can always access later, which is a lot about the topics that we just spoke about. I have Sky Daddy, which is a whole course on how to let the universe open you. I'll say it in the nicer language, <laughs> <laughs> in the more Fiji language. And the other one is Deeper Business, where I really talk about allowing Sky Daddy to help you run your business and also work with this like healthy penetration and healthy expression and receivership. I have deeper money which is all about treating money as your lover and was uh, from a masculine and feminine energy so holding it and experiencing it and and also relieving some of the spiritual taboos on money of that it's not okay to want it or it's not okay to charge something so I think that's most of them I've feeling the masculine which is kind of my 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 big best course which I run once every year and a half where it's like a th- four-month journey where we really go deeply into the archetypes deeply into healing our relationship to the masculine both inside and out so I think that's pretty much it do you have any for men right now no I used to work with men actually we used to given uh to me and a friend of mine we used to hold a course called the initiation where we said where we as two women were initiating men into masculinity and especially how to relate to the feminine mm-hmm. it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done but I will tell you it is hard to sell to men. Yes. And I loved every single man that was in there. And oh my gosh, it was hard to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of ghosting, a lot of disappearing, a lot of, yeah, it's so interesting. So I I, I will at some point, we will work with men again, but I think we need to change. I need to feel a little bit more of a change in, I think, the online coaching space for men. Because mm-hmm. they're just at a very different phase. And I get that. And it's 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 so different for a man as well to say I want help I want support you know that's a very different process than for women for women it's a hobby (laughs) you know it's like the core of our being it's like let me work on myself this is so cool I want to experience it all for men that's a very different thing so I I fully honor and respect that but for now we're not doing that anymore now but you're inspiring me a little bit it's like a little nudge of sky daddy like hey girl think about it (laughs) And
0: I've done Sky Daddy and The Art of Loving Men. Highly, highly recommend them. Thank you so much for everything.
1: Thank you, honey. Thank you. Such a delight being here with you.
0: Yay. You made it to the end of the episode. So now it's time for our snuggly heart breath of the day. Place a hand or both hands, if it's safe to do so, (laughs) over your heart and dig a big breath into your heart center open your mouth and let it go (sighs) I'm so grateful to have shared this time with you if you enjoyed this combo please share with your besties and your fam and if you're a visual person like me fly over to YouTube and watch the video if you want to do a random act of kindness today please leave a five-star review so more people in the world can get their hearts snuggled (laughs) you're helping tremendously when you do this so thank you so much and as a gift for doing so I'll give you my Soften Your Heart Medi that feels like an exhale and a hug from within. When you leave a review and email me the screenshot to heartsnuggles at alive2enjoy.com. You can also find the email in the show notes, and you'll get the free meditation. Sending you the warmest, comfiest hug and lots of unexpected blessings your way. Remember that every single person just wants to be loved. So how can you be loved today?